0: Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal church in Leith, Edinburgh. This podcast features edited highlights from our service held on Sunday, February the 6th, 2022. To find out how to join us online and for more information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk.
1: Good morning, everybody. And good morning to everybody uh, at home, in their homes. Am I, which camera am I looking into? That one? Okay. <laughs> morning, everybody, uh, in your homes. A very, very warm welcome to everybody, whether you're at home or here with us in church. Uh, my name's Judith, and I'm leading the service this morning, and Ian, our rector, will be reflecting for us and uh, celebrating the Eucharist with us. If you're a visitor here this morning, you're especially welcome. Very welcome to faces I don't think I know, but it's always very difficult with masks on. <laughs> a very warm welcome to you. Uh, we begin our service this morning lighting a candle. And I invite you to light your candles at home. And remember that our lights this morning are joining with the lights of millions of candles. Can you believe that? Millions of candles across the world today because worshippers are gathering in great cities and tiny villages, in castles and in huts. And we're all gathered together this morning because of Jesus. And I'm looking. I'm going to turn around now because I'm going to look at the screens. And we've got Lisa with us this morning. Uh, Lisa, remind us where you are. I'm in Brunei. Lisa is in Brunei and with us this morning so the miracle not only of the fact that we can do it through technology but also there's something miraculous about the fact that we are all together as a community this morning from far and wide. God of light and love in this very moment the star still beckons. Gather us And let the star call us in new ways of healing and hope, restoration and renewal, as we discover again Christ's call to discipleship. Come home to yourself. May all that is unforgiven in you be released. May your fears yield their deepest tranquillities. May all that is unlived in you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen.
2: is from the Gospel of Luke chapter (laughs) 5. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and talked the crowds from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let out your nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we've worked all night long and have caught nothing. But if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done this they caught so many fish that the nets were beginning to break so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink but when simon peter saw it he fell down at Jesus' knees saying go away from me lord for i'm a sinful man for he and all that were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they'd taken And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ.
3: Let us pray. Loving God, help us to go deep into ourselves, deep into you, and help us to live our lives from that deep, still place. Amen. I have a picture on the screen that reminds me of the fishermen in India, particularly uh, Chennai um, and also Kerala, where they'd go out in these tiny boats into what seemed like quite rough waves. And I was always um, amazed by their bravery, really. There's no health and safety issues there. They just went out with those boats. And sometimes they'd, they'd go out with sticks. I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures, but they'd put these poles in the middle of the sea and they'd be standing on them. Fishing at the same time, just remarkable skill and courage. So sometimes a, a reading comes up that uh, you feel really sort of um, hits the mark in t- terms of your own life and my life, but also I think in I feel in terms of uh, our community. And it is this idea of putting out into deep water. So our gospel reading today demonstrates abundant grace and fruitfulness alongside radical transformation and discipleship where we start with the fishermen toiling with an empty catch and then they end up with overflowing nets and they become completely transformed in the process of the story willing to leave everything to follow Jesus. And I don't want to suggest that these events didn't happen, but I think to get to the heart of the story, its meaning and its relevance for us today, a good approach is to read it as a parable, as we have a brilliantly crafted piece of storytelling by Luke, packed full of symbolism and imagery, particularly this phrase, putting out into deep water, So we start with the noisy, excited crowd pressing in on Jesus who decides to come away from that and he sees two boats and if you have two of anything it's usually symbolic of two groups of people the Gentiles and the Jews. So Jesus decides to move from the shore and get into Simon's boat, Simon Peter's boat a hugely significant and symbolic act again. Firstly, when Jesus moves position in uh, gospel stories, it often means a shift of perspective and an invitation for the disciples and also us to shift our perspective too. So now Jesus is no longer on the shore with the crowd looking at the fishermen, but is now with the fishermen looking towards the crowd. Secondly, Jesus uh, constantly, uh, something that Jesus does constantly in his personal account, encounters, right through all the gospel stories, is that he goes onto another person's territory. In this case, the fisherman's boat, to be with them. And if anybody has ever gone onto a fishing boat, which I have uh, in Cornwall, it's definitely their patch. And you put yourself into. Uh, the captain and the crews hands completely you are no longer in control and it requires a certain vulnerability and humility uh, to to do so and I think with our uh, AGM as Frank said uh, there was a certain consensus that we wanted to connect with our local community more we need uh, not to just think about how we might bring people into our services and welcome people, but also we need to think how we might encounter them in their space, where they feel more comfortable, and potentially where we feel less comfortable. So when Jesus finishes teaching the crowd from the boat, he says to Peter, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. A biblical metaphor for a fruitful Christian life. Clearly, there's an element of doubt in Peter, who with uh, the voice of reason and all his fishing experience says, Master, we've worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet something in him goes against his own logic and inner doubts. And he replies, yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. So as Peter often does he ultimately trusts Jesus enough to risk failure and danger and go out into deep waters before letting the nets out. So what does it mean to us to put out into deep waters? (coughs) Firstly, I believe it requires us to go deep into ourselves and deep into God. In many ways, uh, the same thing, in prayer. And not what I call a Father Christmas prayer, where we ask God to bless our endeavours and we have a list of requests, but a prayer that has enough stillness and silence to listen deeply to ourselves and to God. And from this prayerful, quiet, contemplative space, I believe new beginnings stir, ideas, dreams and visions develop, new movements in our communal life begin. It's in this space that we can hear God's call and invitation. It's from this silent, seemingly empty space we can let go and where new birth takes place. And Thomas Merton describes this uh, type of space beautifully. He says contemplative prayer and silence should provide a space of liberty in which possibilities are allowed to surface and new choices beyond the the routine become manifest. It should create a new experience of time to be filled or an untouched space, not to be conquered or violated, but a space which can enjoy its own potentiality and hopes, its own presence to itself, one's own time, but not to be dominated by one's own ego and demand. Hence, it is a time to be open to others. It is a compassionate space. And I am not a natural uh, contemplative. Like many, I, fi- I find it hard uh, and difficult, but I've realized the importance of it. It is a compassionate space. It's often a very gentle space. Compassionate to yourself, but also it increases empathy and compassion to others. And even just stopping and allowing our breath to be deeper and just to slow down does, I think, help us to live life from a deeper place. So putting out in deep waters requires us as individuals and as a community to carve out space and time to be with ourselves and God. And at a later date, I'd like to look at silence in terms of our community. Um, Harold Pinter once said of his plays, he said, the pauses and silences are as important as the dialogue. And I also believe in our worship, the gaps, the pauses and silences are often as important as the words that we speak. It allows God the space to come in and speak to us individually. Secondly, an invitation to put out into deep water involves risk. It is a risk that Peter and the fishermen take before casting their nets over the side. And of course, they catch in the story more than they could ever possibly dream of, with nets overflowing, so much so that they call the the other boat is called over. Both boats are filled and in danger of sinking. Both boats, both Jews and Gentiles are part of the catch. And the image of overflowing nets and sinking boats is aimed, I think, at moving the disciples from a worldview of scarcity and reason that is risk-averse, one that naturally stays in the shallows where everything is safe and familiar, but where nothing is to be discovered, to a world of abundance where there is a willingness to take risk. Be spiritual entrepreneurs, if you like. Where God's love and grace is greater than we could ever imagine. Where even seeming failures are blessed. And I think we are called and invited to launch out into deeper waters where there is a lot that is invisible, a lot we cannot see, a lot of things that are uncertain. Putting out into deep waters requires our trust and faith. And I do believe that communities that don't change, that don't adapt to changing circumstances, who stay in their uh, comfort zone, who hoard what they have, who operate from this worldview of scarcity, often are simply managing decline. It might be a slow decline or it might be a quick one. And I think John O'Donoghue puts this very well. He says, perhaps, and he's talking about the individual, but I think it it, uh, also applies to the, the community. Perhaps the art of harvesting the secret riches of our lives is best achieved when we place profound trust in the act of beginning. Risk might be our greatest ally. To live a truly creative life, we always need to cast a critical look at where we presently are, attempting always to discern where we have become stagnant and where new beginning might be ripening. There can be no growth if we do not remain open and vulnerable to what is new and different. And he goes on to say, I've never seen anyone take a risk for growth that was not rewarded a thousand times over. And I think we could all take this to heart for our own individual transformation and growth, but also as a community. That we at St. James need to cast a critical look to discern where we've become stagnant and where new beginnings might be ripening, for there can be no growth if we do not remain open to what is new and different. In other words, we move from the shallow waters into deeper waters. So going back to our story, Simon Peter sees the catch and is amazed. As are James and John and all the others watching. So much so that he falls down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. He realises the extent of God's grace. It's not his ability as a fisherman, it's God's grace that defies all reason and creates a deep sense of humility. And Jesus replies, do not be afraid, which is the single most common phrase in the Bible. And I think, uh, I think there's something like around 365 times it's said, one for every day of the year, I would say. Um, <laughs> and it's ironic because so much religion is based is fear-based. And here we have God constantly saying, do not fear, do not be afraid. And I think Jesus is telling Simon Peter not to, to be afraid of who he is. He's saying, Peter, do not be afraid of who you are. Look at what you've just done by trusting, by trusting me, but also trusting yourself. Don't be afraid to go into deep waters. Don't be afraid of risk and uncertainty. From now on, you'll know how to catch people, not by being reasonable and sensible, but by being courageous, vulnerable, and taking risks. And then we come to this incredible final line where Peter, James, and John leave everything and follow Jesus. Nothing reasonable or sensible about this decision. So how is this transformation possible? I think it's only possible if we believe that we are beloved and cherished by God, that we will be taken care of, that we will be filled with creativity, that we will have the Holy Spirit who is abundant, who is in us and with us. And I think these things we can begin to know in silence, in the quiet contemplative spaces where we offer the gift of our time, to and for God. Then we can begin the journey of letting go, of leaving the shallow water behind, and begin to risk and to venture into deep water to cast our nets out. Amen.
0: So perhaps today we could um, have a time of (coughs) stillness. As Ian said, not a Father Christmas prayer time where we ask God to bless our endeavors and have a list of requests, but a prayer where there is enough stillness and silence to listen deeply to ourselves and God. And as we shift our perspective from the worries of the week, and from looking around the world at the darkness. God knows it is a dark time, a time of fears, fear of scarcity, fear of war, a time when we don't feel safe. But as we shift our perspective and look to Jesus in our midst, wherever two or three are gathered, he said, there he would be in the midst. And to believe that he has come into our territory. Into this building, this boat of ours. Or into the room wherever we are at this moment. And to trust that in a time of silence we can hear. We can listen and hear what God wants to say to us as individuals and as a community. As we're called to risk. We're tempted to say, It's hopeless, I'm hopeless, I've fished all night. We've tried this before, it never works. But at your word, I will let down the net. Say, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too busy, I can't be bothered, I'll look a fool but at your word I will let down the net. Help us to let go of our fears and excuses, the distractions, in order to let something new into our lives. And we give thanks for all that we do have. We have this boat, this building, We have our networks, local, national, international. We give thanks for the skills that we have, that we can all be fisher folk. We give thanks for the helpers, for the families and friends. We give thanks that some of us have time, some of us have spare money. And we give thanks that we can go out, that there are people who need us. But above all, we give thanks that we have Jesus in the boat. And we have the gift of prayer. We have access to the Almighty and to the compassion of Christ. It is from this silent, seemingly empty space where we let go and where new birth takes place. This seemingly empty space, this empty boat, the empty net, the seemingly empty sea, where it seems nothing is happening. That we ask that you would grant us, individually and collectively, a vision and the faith to expect a miracle as we go out into deep waters. We believe that even on the darkest of days, love will make a path through the waves and our silver nets will bring treasure from the deep. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
3: Thank you, Richard, for those prayers. If we could pray together this uh, beautiful um, Anglican Lord's Prayer, which actually comes from the Maori tradition in New Zealand, we could say it together. Eternal Spirit, earth maker, pain maker, life maker, source of all the trees and the natural.
4: The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all the created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom is the